Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, uh, here as I am every single day on this show where you can catch it on all your podcast platforms. Now, of course, on YouTube. You can also find my work at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me, a good friend of mine from the Bucks Radio Network. He's gearing up for basketball next week. Of course, it's Justin Garcia here with me late again for today's episode that's brought to you by rockauto.com. Uh, make sure you go to rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Uh, Justin. We are just days away. I know we both had some fun at Media Day, and I, I think I'm starting to get into it now. I'm starting to get a feel for it. Once I start breaking down a rotation, you know you're close enough to uh, close enough to real basketball. I um, yeah, I didn't have as much fun as you. As, as Giannis is basically ready to single handedly bring you back to America and pulling the strings that he can. But I know you guys had, had already talked about it. Um, Media Day. How did you take it? Did it feel different to you? Because I know a few people asked me, and it wasn't good or bad. It just felt different that I I couldn't think of a way to describe it. As it's it, there was just a weird feeling to it this year. And part of it is you approach the year, and this team that we're covering is the reigning NBA champion. So that always adds a little bit of strangeness to it. Obviously, part of it is it was still kind of partial where it was virtual and we did have probably about 15 or 20 of us were inside of the interview room there at uh, Pfizer forum, but there was just something about it that just seemed weird the whole day. Yeah. I think it's going to be weird for a little while. I think we've spoken about some of the regulations that are still going to be there and the rules and and stipulations, all those types of things. And yeah, for me, it definitely felt different. I mean, it was three o'clock in the morning and when you, when you are on a zoom call it, you do, you know, I, I was, you know, I was jealous. I was jealous of the people that were there that were close up to the trophy, get to see some of the, the silly stuff they were getting up to with the photos and stuff like that. So I, I just think, you know, for us that have been fortunate enough to be around it when it's completely normal, it, it's still just, it, it's not quite what we love. And, you know, we're, we're obviously lucky. We say it all the time, but a little bit different. And I think also just with the Bucks, um, there's not as much drama or intrigue <laughs> coming into the season because they are the champs so uh compared to other media days around the league yeah it was pretty tame it was kind of a a jovial experience that's the word i've used so before we get in there was some roster news i want to bring that up here in just a second but uh we do want to thank everyone uh listening for making locked on bucks your first listen every day and remember locked on bucks is free and available on all platforms including youtube now at Locked On Bucks, and we've gone past 500 subscribers. We've only had the channel up for a week, so uh, we really appreciate it. It's fun. We can do different types of things with YouTube. You're going to see that today. We'll have some graphics we'll bring up as we go through the rotations. That's going to be fun. As far as the roster goes, uh, we had the discussion only a couple of days ago about they've cut it down to 14. Elijah Bryant was out. Mamadi Diakite was out. Johnny O'Brien got signed to a training camp deal, which we discussed yesterday. And then this morning, I wake up to the news that Elijah Bryan is back on a training camp deal. And 
it's kind of funny that like this has happened and I've seen a few people sort of speculate why this might be the case. Uh, I've sort of bounced some ideas off of Frank and Eric and just to see what they think. And I think they generally are aligned with what I'm thinking. Um, for Elijah Bryant, there's a couple of things that I can see here. Either um, he, he may end up going overseas, but probably as far as he's concerned, he probably thinks that if he can get an opportunity to get some minutes in preseason basketball, it's going to you know, maybe lead to something with another team. Who knows? So I, I imagine his first choice is still to be in the NBA. It doesn't change anything for me. I I can't see any way he's on the roster. I mean, they just wouldn't have cut him if that was the case. So I suspect he just wants to get an NBA training camp under his belt. And also maybe uh, there's some sort of deal that he'll play for the Herd. I mean, there, there's a couple of options there. Do you see anything different? Is there anything you think I may have missed here? No, I um, I thought it was more of the latter that when you saw, I, I had to do like a triple take and see Elijah Bryant is back. We, they just waved <laughs> Elijah Bryant. So I thought it was more the latter that this is kind of G League related and just continue to get him reps through camp. He'll play in the preseason and we intend on hopefully developing him with the herd. Yeah, and look, the herd have been a force when they've been able to play. If you go back to the last season they played, under Chase Buford, they were really good. And I, I think you should suspect that they're going to have some pretty good players playing for them uh, this season as well, if they can get back into a full season and players you know, move up and down, as we've seen in previous years. So the Herd should be fun to watch this season. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, some other stuff that's happened over the last hour. Are you a uh, late-night supermarket shopper, Justin? I know where you're going. And, yes, uh, I am. And that's been one of... Um my minor frustrations with COVID is how early things have started to close now, instead of being open 24 hours or midnight or later, more and more establishments and places like grocery stores are closing at nine and 10 o'clock and earlier that it's taken away from me being able to do what Giannis did. So Giannis said that uh, no one sees him uh, or there's no one at grocery, you know, doing their groceries late at night. So I've just pulled the tweet up here for those watching on YouTube. And he followed that up with a tweet. And it's a very, very close selfie of Giannis wearing a hoodie and a mask. And then he says, nobody recognizes me, which I can assure you, Giannis, anyone that is actually in that supermarket is looking at you and seeing this gigantic human. And I promise you the first thing they're thinking is, who is this NBA player? Who is that under the hoodie? And I know he's joking, but uh, it just uh, it's it's so funny to me. I mean, he does this kind of stuff all the time. But for a guy of his status and his stature to just... Some of the, tweet, the tweets he throws out there are, are just absolutely ridiculous, but they're hilarious. And again, it, it's no surprise that this guy is, uh, is much loved. Yeah, you do the uh, detective work and you see it is a CVS. And I think you can piece together <laughs> just based on the area and uh, where we've established Giannis is uh, living now. Like, yeah, I, I think I know which CVS that is. And if I'm in the CVS or I'm the cashier there and I see a seven foot man come in there, I'm immediately thinking this is probably Giannis. So uh, what's what struck me most is you talk about him doing things like this quite a bit and you know, being more of a jovial guy. And it seems like we've seen more of that this year. Uh, last year was, was, you know, we talked about media day being weird. Last year was certainly unique where there was the whole contract situation hanging over him, their early exit in the playoffs just a couple of months prior that you got the sense it was more of a business-like approach, at least early, that it's not the time or place for jokes. And he told us on media day, I didn't tell a joke at media day last year and we won a championship. So it does feel like the success that they had and winning a title has kind of alleviated some of that where now he 
feels free to be the Giannis that we've you know come to know as he was growing into the MVP type of player here in Milwaukee that now it feels like, okay, I've shown what I can do. We got the championship and now I can just kind of go back to being me. Yeah. He might not have straight up told a joke, but he was cracking little comedic, you know, faces and hand movements the whole entire media day. So whatever he, he, he can say whatever he wants, no specific jokes, but uh, it was a very funny experience. And some people that have been watching on YouTube may wonder why, what happened to the Giannis jersey you had behind you? Well, I'm actually um, helping my parents move house. So there's no, there's really nothing left in the house anymore. I'm just recording this uh, podcast in an empty house, but I do have this. I do have this uh, sweet Ray Allen shirt on though. For uh, so one of my favorites. I bought this on YouTube for uh, YouTube on eBay for about five dollars. So it's a beauty. But let's get into the rotation stuff. Uh, that's the big ticket item for today's show. So we're going to get into that uh, next. But I have to talk about the Sleeper app. Um, and this is uh, important info for anyone that enjoys playing fantasy basketball in 2018. The fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. This is important not only if you have a team and and maybe your star player has four games this week and the opposition only has three or vice versa where you can be advantaged or disadvantaged. But also I think in the in the era of, of load management, it also counts. You can pick a game that you know they're going to play and, uh, and, and it'll be an even competition. So I think it's really fun. Uh, Sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. Uh, you will not be uh, disappointed. Now, sweat block, and we've been talking about sweat block for a while, specifically sweat block wipes, which are currently number one in the Amazon antiperspirant category. And this is perfect timing, actually, because I got this uh, box of stuff today, and I was thinking, what, what is this? What is this box? And and look, look at this. So sweat block wipes came in the mail today, uh, so I'll be able to check those out and and see what this is all about. But uh, basically, with sweat block wipes, you you put them on before bed, wake up in the morning, have a shower, walk out the door, and uh, it gives you a seven days protection, dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. We're trying, we're trying, and I don't want to make our Wisconsin friends and our European friends jealous, but we're trying to move into summer here in Australia, so that's going to come in uh, really handy. So. Uh, you can uh, check out Sweatblock Wipes. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. All right, so it's time to talk about the rotation here. And as we get into it, I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day. We're about to get into this rotation stuff, and you guys are going to tell me exactly where I'm wrong. And and hopefully uh, this sparks some sort of debate uh, here because I think there are plenty of interesting you know elements to the Bucks rotation this season. But uh, when we when you are done listening to Locked On Bucks, uh, perhaps you want to listen to Locked On Brewers or Locked On Packers and make them your second or third listen for the day because uh, there's news coming out of both camps today. I would say, and we might touch on the Brewers a little bit later. So I've uh, I've made a rotation. A mock rotation, and I just want to before I bring it up here. There's a couple of things to you know, uh, take into into account here. So no Dante. So I'm looking at this, 
as in how I think the Bucks could uh, you know, have a rotation that without Dante DiVincenzo to start the regular season. It, we hope everyone else is available, so that's what I've assumed for the purpose of this activity. And the other thing I'll note, it's tough to do minutes, Justin, because as you know this, it's the minutes are going to vary from night to night. Like you get to the end of the season and you look at the average minutes per game, but the Bucks we expect are going to be a pretty good team. So there's going to be nights where Giannis might play 28 minutes. And, you know, and in the end, it averages out. So just keep that in mind before we jump into this. Before I uh, get into the actual rotation and how I split it up, here's the straight-up minutes uh, that I've done here. So uh, I've got and Drew and Giannis basically similar here, 34 minutes each. Chris Milton's at around 32. Uh, Brooke Lopez I've got at 27. So if you compare that to last year, Justin, Drew was, 30, uh, Drew was 32 last year. I've got him at around 34. Giannis, 33 to 34. And Chris, 33 to 32. So in the same ballpark, Brooke Lopez, basically exactly where he was last year, around 27. And then uh, Grayson Allen and Pat Cotton and 23-24. George Hill, just over 20. Bobby Portis playing around 19 minutes a game, which is down from last year. He was at 20. So, you know, give or take there, pretty similar. Semi Ojale, I've got just playing 11 minutes there. And then Rodney Hood and Thanasis, uh, minimal rotation minutes and we can get into that a little bit more as we move on is, is there anything that stands out to you when you look at that and i have a feeling it's probably more than anything going to be the rotation players or the bench guys did did anything catch your eye that you would change not really i think we're we're pretty in line with um most of it i think and we had kind of talked about this before but when you look at the minutes stacked out it stands out even more that um, to me, Rodney Hood is still like the ultimate unknown that I'm not quite sure what to expect from him first and foremost, physically, but where does he slot into the rotation? I think as soon as the signing happened, it was easy to look at those wing positions in the backcourt that the Bucks had, especially once we started to learn Dante is, is going to miss what probably about uh, first month, month and a half or so. Um, that I think once that signing took place, we may have like jumped ahead with where Rodney Hood was that to me, I could see him slotted in at that eight or so minutes as, as you had there. I could see even less. I could see a couple of stretches where maybe Rodney Hood starts to find some things and heats up and he's giving you offense off the bench. And maybe that number moves towards 13 or so. So overall, uh, I think we're pretty in line with all of it. It's the one player that's most difficult for me to really peg yeah i think this guy's going to be here is is probably rodney hood yeah so rodney hood and i think that this is uh you know perhaps even more interesting projecting ahead because remember if if dante comes in he was playing 27 minutes a night last season and starting so one of the bits of feedback i got and i again i showed frank this to see whether there was anything completely outrageous that i'd, I'd gone and done and and he sort of said, well, I went back and I looked at some early season box scores uh, from last year. And the one thing that sort of stood out to him that if it wasn't a blowout, Bud was actually only playing 10 guys. So if I bring the minutes up again, and, and look, let's be honest, Thanasis in this theory is the 11th guy and he's only playing four minutes. So, you know, what, whatever. If you, if you really felt like you wanted to cut out Thanasis or Rodney Hood, um, you could probably do so. I think for me with Rodney Hood, and we'll get into the actual minutes breakdowns in the next segment, but I think for me, the reason why I have Rodney Hood playing more than Thanasis, and it's only minimal minutes, and I would have no problem if someone said to me, I want to swap that, 
and I want Thanasis playing. But I just think for, for me personally, there's more intrigue with Rodney Hood about what he could potentially be on the offensive end as a scorer because he's been a scorer in the past. So does he have anything left in the tank? We don't know. But I do think early in this season, there's going to be some intrigue from the fans and probably the coaching staff about whether or not he can be a, a rotation guy. Well, and the, the, the NASA's part too is he's going to have games where he's going to play five or 10 minutes, even if it's a blowout. Um, but he's also going to have prolonged stretches where he doesn't play, or it's what we saw Bud really go to a lot in the playoffs where he plays the final minute of a quarter. So Giannis can come out and then you maybe see him once more. So he's going to start to stack DMPs and maybe playing a minute and a half as well that, um, you know, at the end of the season four might be a little high for him. So the Rodney Hood part is most interesting to me. In- initially, I did wonder about uh, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis's minutes too. And will those be almost identical? Because I think as we watched the playoffs and especially the finals, you kind of started to feel like this is where they're shifting and it's going to be Bobby and Brooke in an offense-defense trade-off at times here. Um, I think the interesting part to that is for as much as people didn't want to hear it last year, the Bucks are still a better team with Brooke Lopez on the floor. So you don't really want to get into a full on timeshare with him, but also some of the things that we've started to hear uh, just how high this team is on semi Ojale. And that's certainly going to play a factor there of, you know, Giannis playing at the five. We've heard Semi Ojale is going to see some time there in the five, or at least groupings with he and Giannis in the front court. So it went from being a man, it feels like they only have three guys that they can play there and they're pretty thin if an injury occurs to, oh, yeah, they feel like they can play Semi Ojale up a spot here that he's going to factor in there as well. So I think that's going to take away a little bit of the minutes from Bobby Portis. And it just helps you kind of. Uh, use him wisely. And same with Brooke Lopez, where you can pick your spots of where they're in more. Yeah, my preference this season overall for the the entirety of the regular season would be to, let's, let's say he's Brooke into it. You know, he's 33, going to be turning 34 uh, at some stage. So I, I have no issue with that. And I think that that might be one of the main uh, complaints I, I get out of my rotation is that you probably could sneak a few more minutes for Bobby Portis and probably take a few off Brooke Lopez in the regular season. Another one that's interesting is just Grayson Allen. So 23, 24 minutes for each. I could certainly see an argument that people may say, yeah, Pat Connaughton was playing up closer to 30 in the playoffs. Can you get him a few more minutes and perhaps take away some of those Grayson Allen? But I I think depending on how he starts. So I've got him as a projected starter. If Pat Connaughton starts, then then obviously things change there a little bit. So I'll bring up the graphic uh, in the next segment. And for those listening on the podcast, totally fine. We'll break it all down and, and discuss some of the main talking points. So it's no issue there. Before I do that, let's talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, so save time and so save time and money by using Rock Auto. They have everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil and even new carpet. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box today? Now we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
And uh, don't forget about our friends at betonline.ag because football is back. I know we have a lot of football fans that are listening to this podcast. So as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget, just use the promo code NFL100 there. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so let's get to the breakdown of minutes and how I came to those calculations. So starting lineup, no surprise. I've already been mentioning it several times uh, over the last couple of weeks here on Locked On Bucks. So uh, I have Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Chris Milton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. So if you're wondering why I had Thanasis four minutes and where those minutes came in, you may be listening to this podcast and thinking to yourself, is that like one minute at the end of each quarter? Bud getting in his uh, Thanasis defense specialty, keep Giannis out of foul trouble. And that's why these rotation activities in in some ways are kind of hard to do and because you know the situational uh, state of the game is going to change from night to night. But for this example, I had Giannis checking out around the six-minute mark, Thanasis picking up a couple minutes there, and then Giannis coming back in for the end of the first quarter. That's been a pretty standard rotation. We've seen that a lot with Giannis over the years, so I thought that that made sense to me. I think one of the things that people will notice from listening to me on this podcast, looking at this graphic up on the screen right now, is that I tend to think that we're going to see a fair bit of George Hill and Drew Holiday playing together in the backcourt uh, another thing that perhaps you know will stand out to people is the fact that I don't really have Giannis at the five at all. I snuck in a couple of minutes towards the back end of the first half. That's clearly going to change game situation, opponents. I think it's certainly arguable, and there'll be many people out there that believe that center's his best position. So this, again, isn't to say that I don't think that they'll go to that. I think they have plenty of options uh, with small ball lineups. And maybe the other thing that stands out, you spoke about semi Ojale. He could be a five i haven't got him in any minutes here at the five because the one thing you will figure out quickly is that despite the fact we talk about the depth of the big men maybe being a problem it's hard to find in minutes when you're trying to fit in brooke lopez Giannis, and bobby portis uh, i mean and uh pat playing the small ball four as well i um yeah. i'm with you on the Giannis thing in in that i'm in the camp where i think five is his best position but to me I get tinkering, but we saw an awful lot of that last year, and it feels like you knocked off a lot of the rust there. To me, the value of playing Giannis at five extensively in the regular season and putting the wear and tear on him just isn't there, that that's something that you save for the playoffs, especially when you have capable capable guys like Brooke and, and Bobby and like we mentioned before, even if it is semi-Ojale. So I don't think you're going to see a ton of it in the regular season. We'll see it occasionally, but I think Giannis at five is – is almost exclusively saved for the playoffs. Yeah, I don't mind that. I mean, it's certainly a, a strong weapon to have. And um, you're right, it, it takes a lot of energy. And we saw him come up with some crazy plays. And he was talking about it the other day, about maybe he could fly around a little bit more. But, you know, again, I, I think that, I think you are going to have to, yeah, manage him. And as always, try and hold him back because we know that that's a difficult task to do. I think overall, when we're looking at the minutes, and this again will be something that our listeners may have a, a thought on, 
Uh, we saw last year in certain games, Budenholzer and Giannis and everyone came together and made the decision we want to play these guys more minutes. I don't know, and this will be pro- it's probably different for every player um, based on their their health at the time, perhaps the the way their body works. I don't know. There's big conversations with the with the medical team for sure, or the conditioning team for sure. But I, I don't know whether it's better to play the guys 34, 35 minutes a night during the regular season and then just manage them with you know, back-to-backs. And it's like, okay, well, we're playing Orlando on a back-to-back. We have to travel down to Florida. This doesn't make sense for you to play, have that night off. I do think just in general, the the expectation or the the standard feels like 72 games in an 82-game season. Like I, I think we almost can just pencil in that Giannis, right. even at full health, is going to miss 10 games. And... And I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. And and I think we saw that in stretches last season where, yeah, they're willing to, if you're playing Brooklyn and you want to win the game and you want to test yourself and you want to try some things like the small ball lineup, you're going to play 37 minutes tonight, but you're not going to play tomorrow. So I think we'll see more of that. Yeah, and what really jumps out to me when you see these minutes and, and just not even the minutes, but see – the names and the roster up there on the screen, it, it was brought up a couple of times on media day and it really stood out um, when George Hill and Dante were at the podium talking of, we heard over and over last year, positionless basketball. And I know Zora talked about it quite a bit, but I mean, this team was really subscribing to that. And when you look at the roster and how it's put together this upcoming season, they've increased it even more where George talked about he and drew and Dante that's three guys in your three primary backcourt guys are all com- combo guards. It's not any traditional point guards. It's guys that can play the point uh, in Dante's case, I think in a pinch, but you can play the two, you can play the point. Giannis has become really the Swiss army knife that you can basically do anything with. Bobby Portis, we've seen play the the four and the five. I mean, Brooke is basically Brooke and Grayson Allen are basically the two guys where you know this is it. This is the position that they play, and that's it. But otherwise, the rest of the roster and how it's assembled, it's and it's not unique to the Bucks, but it's just guys that can play a multitude of positions, and it gives you the availability and the options to just throw multiple groupings out there. And we talked about having PJ Tucker last year and all the things that that unlocked and changed having more guys that can play not necessarily exactly like PJ, but play that style where, you know, Pat we've talked about can play the two, the three, the four Giannis can play anywhere. Semi we've talked about doing that as well. So they've assembled a roster full of guys that for the most part can play three or more positions. And that just ups the versatility and it makes it even tougher to defend and prepare for. So guys that missed out from getting minutes in my rotation, and of course, there'll be injuries, different things will happen. They will get some sort of shot. But I already mentioned that this is why I think the start of the season is important for Rodney Hood because if he struggles, it's you know he could quickly find himself out of the rotation. Uh, I know that there'll be some Bucks fans that'll want to see Jordan War. Um, I understand why. It's just tough. It's really, really tough. Like looking at the positions, looking at the guys uh, that you want to play and then, you know, the rookies, you know, Marmo, Marmo, uh, Yorgos, uh, I, I didn't quite fit in there. So uh, let us know what you think. If you think that I've got something really wrong, let me have it. You can get me on Twitter at Kane Pittman or in the comments here on, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, let us know what you think or what you would change or what you really want to see. Um, we appreciate the feedback we get. As we wrap up this show, there was some really bad news today for the Brewers and Devin Williams. And 
I, I need to make an announcement. I mean, Frank and myself, we're, we're talking about baseball celebrations and the champagne popping that happens for every little thing that happens in baseball. And I said, I want to see more of it. Um, this is definitely the downside. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm feeling for Brewers fans, I'm feeling for him because we've, I don't want to say we've all done silly things, but. No, I think we, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> You know, if, if you if you don't drink, then I you know first of all, good on you for that. But people that have always do silly things. I remember once, and I was you know eighteen, nineteen, and in Australia the drinking age is eighteen. Um, just to clarify, so I'd been out, I'd been out all night, and I came home, and I was living at home at the time, and down this this walkway at the house, my mum had these like four big pot plants like spaced out evenly along the walkway, and it was like two or two thirty in the morning. Um, I kicked one over, smashed everywhere. And I thought to myself, now clearly I wasn't thinking how loud this was or the fact that everyone would have heard that this happened. So I was like, all right, what can I do here? So I cleaned it all up, um, just got rid of it. And then it's evenly spaced out the three remaining. <laughs> and I thought and I thought that this was like a genius plan. I went to bed like very happy with myself. No one's going to notice that this happened. Um, and of course, first thing the next morning, uh, uh, mum let me know that I didn't do a very good job of tidying up and there was some evidence left behind. So, you know, I mean, the, the point is that this is obviously devastating for the Brewers and, you know, when you're in that position, he's got a little more responsibility than I did as an 18 or 19-year-old. But part of me feels for him as well. This sucks. And I know that if things don't work out for the Brewers, there'll be some, particularly if it comes to pitching, there'll be some blame there. But ah, felt bad, felt bad. Just a bad story all around. Um. Yeah, it's been a decent amount of time since I uh, have been in college. And uh, every day when you see stories like this, I'm just thankful that there was no social media when I was in college. Yeah, and right, right. an 18, 19, you know, young 20-year-old making those types of uh, decisions. So I feel bad for him. It's also weird um, that four straight years that the Brewers are in the playoffs. And we've talked about it with the Bucks that, you know, growing up in the area, um, I kind of like the same Bucks story all I knew of the Brewers was futility, basically, for most of my life. They weren't good after 87, really, up until the turn of the century. And, and they started to get the influx of guys like Ricky Weeks and Corey Hart and, and all the young guys and obviously Prince and, and Ryan Braun. But now we've reached the point where you go from, man, the Brewers are never going to make the playoffs and I'm never going to see a World Series, to four straight trips to the playoffs – where I never thought I'd say this, but it feels like a waste to be celebrating things like a division championship of like, we're, we're still doing this. Wait until you win a playoff series or wait until you go to the world series and seeing Devin Williams do this. I feel even stronger about that. And I don't think we should overreact. Come on. This might've happened regardless. Like he would have, you know, maybe gone out and celebrated. So I don't know. I don't think we should overreact. Keep popping the champagne. Um, just maybe make sure the players go home uh, straight after or something. I don't know. It's still a postseason to come for the Brewers, and we hope they have a long run. As we wrap this up, I remind everyone about the Locked On Bets podcast. Make sure to check that out. Uh, those guys have been killing it. So as I've been saying right throughout the show, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every day, Monday to Friday. Uh, in the U.S., I have these podcasts up. By the time you wake up in the morning, it'll be there. In Australia, it's late afternoon. In Europe, I, I don't. I think that's early morning as well. They'll have the podcasts up there. So uh, wherever you are in the world, you'll be able to check it out at the same time every single day. Justin, always a pleasure. I reckon next time we talk, the open scrimmage is 
Sunday. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, I know I will be there doing something. I'm not sure what it is yet, but I mean, we didn't get to do it last year. So it was a whole lot of fun two years ago when uh, you may have been there with me that we did uh, basically a version of Courtside Live where I had Zora and Jim and Eric Name joined us. So not sure what the plan is this year, but we are planning on doing something similar. Well, it's always fun. It's the official, you know, we do the media day, we do the training camp, but the open scrimmage is the first time the fans really get to see uh, some full court stuff. So I'm really excited for that. And what it does mean is we're going to podcast tomorrow. Uh, we're going to continue to roll through the show, but then it means the next podcast after that, we would have seen the guys on court and we'll be able to break it all down. So uh, it's getting real now, Justin. I can't wait for it. We thank everyone for listening again. For Justin and myself, Kane Pittman, we'll catch you guys tomorrow.